Today in our 316 summer, the topic, the title is uh, Love Enough? Question mark. Love Enough? And uh, the text that uh, we turn to in 316 is from 1 John, little book, 1 John 316. It says, We know what love is because Jesus gave his life for us. That's why we must give our lives for each other. There's our verse. What you need to know is the letter of 1 John was written with two main priorities, two, two uh, reasons behind it. Number one, 1 John is writing to uh, expose and to reject false teachings. There's false teachings roaming around. The church is young. And, uh, well, these, there's false teaching roaming around today, and the church is not that young. So false teachings are always roaming around the church. And so John is writing just to expose those false teachings. And, of course, the second thing he's trying to do then is make sure that the followers know what the truths really are. He wants to make sure that if you're a follower of Christ, that you know the truths that come along with being one who belongs to Jesus Christ. And so today, as we look at 1 John 3.16, we are going to be engaged by a truth. By a truth. You'll notice in the verse it says, we know. You see that? We know. That word know in this little book of uh, 1 John is repeated 43 times. No. We know. We know, we know, we know, we know, we know. You get it? Forty-three times he wants you to know. He wants you to grab it, understand it, hold on to it. It's got to be something foundational in your life as you understand what it means to be a follower of Christ. This is a truth. We know. It's absolute. If you look at the verse, 1 John 3, 16, we know, we know what? We know what love is. We are going to get a foundational truth today that exposes to us the truth about Christian love. Not worldly love, but about Christian love. John is making sure that every follower of Christ understands the foundational truth of what it means to be a Christian and what love looks like when you belong to Jesus Christ. You ready to go? Ready for a truth? Here we go. Number one, it is for us to understand, according to 1 John, that this truth he is giving us about the identity of Christian love makes a positive difference in the world and in our lives. This kind of Christian love expo existing and pra being practiced in the world creates a positive difference in our lives and in the lives of those, uh, those around us. If you go back to the first verse of this chapter, of chapter 3, where he begins to set up the context of what we're talking about, he says this. Think how much the Father loves us. Great start. What's he want you to do? Well, he wants you to just stop for a minute and think. Hard thing to do in our busy world, isn't it? He wants you to just begin approaching this now and slow down. Just slow down a little bit. Stop. And think. And you start thinking, first of all, of how much the Father loves you. Just contemplate how much He loves you. He says, He loves us so much that He lets us, 
be called His children. As we truly are. See, He's giving us from the beginning identity. He's saying, look, this is what God's love is like. God's love looked at you and said, look, I'm going to claim you as my child. That's the beginning point. The beginning point is understanding that God expresses His love to us. And out of God's love for each one of us, He adopts us to be His own. And when He adopts us to be His own, it separates us from the world. It makes us different. The love that we're going to talk about, this foundational truth of Christian love, is not a love like the world. It is a positive difference. It sets us apart. It's something the world doesn't understand. John says, but since the people of this world did not know who Christ is, they don't know who we are. You see the separation and the difference? When we practice this kind of love that John is going to talk about today, it's a love that the world has a hard time understanding because that's not the way the world operates. John, if you go back to the second chapter, the one just prior to this, he talks about the way the world operates and gives us words of warning for anyone who would follow Christ about our relationship to the world. He says... Don't love the world or anything that belongs to the world. Pretty clear? Don't love the world or anything belongs, that belongs to the world. If you love the world, you can't love the Father. One way or the other. Our foolish pride comes from this world. And so do our selfish desires and our desires to have everything we see. None of this comes from the Father. The world and the desires it causes are disappearing. But if we obey God, we will live forever. It's a story about a young police officer who went to the academy and he had worked really hard, he had studied really hard, and he was prepared now for his final examination at the academy. And he sat down and he started taking his exam got to the final question. It was one of those situational questions, you know. If here's the situation, what do you do? And the question went like this. You are on patrol in the outer city when an explosion occurs in a gas main in a nearby street. On investigation, you find that a large hole has been blown in the footpath and there's an overturned van nearby. Inside the van... There is a strong smell of alcohol. Both occupants, a man and a woman, are injured. You recognize the woman as the wife of the chief of police who is presently out of state. A passing motorist stops to offer you assistance, and you realize that he is a man who's wanted for armed robbery. Suddenly, a man runs out of a nearby house shouting that his wife is expecting a baby and that the shock of the explosion has caused her water to break and birth is imminent. Another man is crying for help, having been blown into an adjacent canal by the explosion, and he cannot swim. Describe in a few words what actions you would take. 
The young uh, academy student thought for a moment. He picked up his pen and he wrote the following. I would take off my uniform and mingle with the crowd. Good answer. You can't do that when you follow Christ. Can't do that. John says, you can't do that. You can't let yourself just become like the rest of the world. The truth of Christian love won't let you. The truth of your identity, of belonging to Jesus Christ, won't let you. It makes all the difference. It separates us from the world. How? Number one, John says it keeps us from sinning. This love expressed by God towards us and that love as we express it out in our lives, it keeps us from sinning. If you go to verse 2, it says, My dear friends, we are already what? God's children. You see that? Is it up there? Yeah. We are already God's children. So again, we're back to our identity, right? Where we were in the other verse. We're adopted by God. We are already God's children. Though what we, what we will be hasn't yet be seen, been seen, but we do know that when Christ returns, we will be like Him because we will see Him as He truly is. We're in between. We are already God's children. Our identity has changed. Are we everything God dreams us to be? No, not yet. One day we will become absolutely everything God dreams us to be when Christ returns and we become absolutely, utterly like Him, but in the in-between time. We live out of this identity of being God's children. And notice what he says. This hope makes us keep ourselves, what? Holy. Just as Christ is holy. We are God's children. One day we will be absolutely, utterly like Jesus Christ. And in the meantime, we keep growing in holiness. We keep growing and focusing our lives in holiness. Giving up, blending in to the ways of the world, and growing more and more like Jesus Christ. How important is this? Look. In verse 7, he says, children, that's who we are, remember, don't be fooled. Anyone who does right is good, just like Christ himself. Now the ouch, you ready? Anyone who keeps on sinning belongs to the devil. Look at your life right now. Look at your life. And ask, are you living as God's child? Or are there things in your life that don't belong to the identity of what it means to be God's child? And if there is, give it up. Get rid of it. Stop doing it. Change it. Get it out of your life. Because all that is, is the enemy 
trying to keep his hold on you. And you can't be totally God's child until you get rid of the grip of the enemy on your life. It's one way or the other. Get serious. Look at your life and get rid of. Stop doing. Push out of your life those things that are contrary to what it means to be God's child. Look what he says. Verse 9. God's children cannot keep on being sinful. Pretty clear, isn't it? His life-giving power lives in them and makes them His children so that they cannot keep on sinning. His life-giving power. You see, when you become a child of God and you open yourself up to the incredible power of the Holy Spirit in your life, that infusion of the Spirit and that continuing presence of God in your life pushes all that other stuff out. It pushes the grip of the enemy out of your life. If you're struggling right now with something in your life and you look at it today and you say, wait a minute, I'm a child of God, this should not be part of my life, then you've got to turn and rely on a power that is greater than this world and greater than the grip of the enemy. And John says, that's where life is. It's a life-giving power. When you let Jesus Christ take over your life, when you let that power of the Holy Spirit infuse you and push those things out, then life opens up. There's a story about a man who once told his wife that he never wanted to live in a vegetative state dependent upon a machine. They sat down. He said, Honey, if I ever get in that kind of shape, I want you to pull the plug. Immediately, his wife got up from the couch, went over, and unplugged the television. <laughs> you can't live in a vegetative state and just say, Well, a little bit of the grip of the enemy I can get along with. You've got to pull the plug. It's, it's incongruent with your identity as a child of God. It interrupts God's ability to pour life into you. You've got to just pull the plug on that stuff. How important is it? Verse 10, you can tell God's children from the devil's children. How? Because those who belong to the devil refuse to do right or to love each other. See, if you choose to let this stuff stay in your life, then you can't experience the incredible fullness that God wants to bring to your life. You can't experience the incredible fullness of what the Holy Spirit can mean in your life. John says, it's a truth. You've got to just pull the plug on it and push that stuff out of your life and let the power of the Holy Spirit do it. And when you do, you will discover the life Jesus Christ can bring to you. The battle, the battleground for John is between selfishness and sacrifice. The way of the world is selfishness. The way of Christ is sacrifice.
He says, from the beginning you were told that we must love each other. Don't be like Cain, who belonged to the devil and murdered his own brother. Why did he murder him? He did it because his brother was good and he was evil. My friends, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if the people of this world hate you. You see, when you start pushing that stuff out and you let the Holy Spirit start pushing that stuff out and life starts coming into you, it's going to set you apart from the people of the world. And the next time you're at the office and they get together around the, around the coffee part and they start gossiping about somebody else in the office and you say, whoop, wait a minute, that's the grip of the enemy. I'm walking away. And you just excuse yourself from that and you leave those folks and you let them in their old ways, in the ways of the world, they're going to look at you and say, well, what's wrong with that? You know the scenario? Or when you're honest about something, like when you're in a restaurant with a group of people and the check comes and the guy forgot to put your drinks on the bill and you're the one that's uh, looking the check over and you lift it up and you say, excuse me, you forgot to charge us for this. And all the other folks at the table who are worldly look at you and say, what? They're going to hate you for it. But that's what God's children do. That's the way God's children live. And it separates us and it raises us above the ways of the world. And it means sacrifice. He says, Our love for each other proves that we have gone from death to life. But if you don't love each other, you are still under the power of death. If you hate each other, you are murderers, and we know that murderers do not have eternal life. Sacrifice is the proof that we don't belong to the world, that we have passed from death to life, and we live because we belong to the identity of Jesus Christ. If we are sacrificing, it is the proof that our love is genuine. And if we think we belong to the children of God and we refuse sacrifice, John says you deceive yourself and the truth is not in you. You see, our call is to follow the call of Jesus. We follow the example of Jesus. And now we're at our verse. Here's the key to the whole chapter. We are now at our verse. 3.16 says, We know. Remember, what does we know mean? Here's the truth. Right? We know. Here's the truth. We know what love is. The world doesn't. We do. We know what real love is because Jesus gave His life for us. That's why we must do what? Sacrifice. Yes? Sacrifice. Love is what Jesus did for you. And now you, as God's child, just as He was God's child, walks, walk in those same footsteps and you exercise that same love. 
Let me give you an example. Watch the screen, if you would, for a minute and uh, see a video about a young girl and her sick uh, brother. Watch intently to notice the sacrifice this young girl believes she's making. Look, it's a standard blood transfusion. We're going to take about two units from your daughter. We're going to put him into your son. I think it's going to give him a fighting chance. All right, we're hoping it's going to jumpstart his immune system. She has the antibodies. He does not. We've had great results doing this type of thing. Do you have any questions? All right. Thanks, Doc. Sweetie, you ready? says, here's the truth. That's what love is. That's what real love is. And that's what sets us apart from the world. We understand it. We know it. And even more, we do it. We do it. Just because Jesus Christ was willing to do the very same thing for each one of us. It's like he looked at the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane and when he accepted the cup, he said, Father, how long before I die? And he did. We follow the example because we know that's what real love is. John says, if we have all we need and we see one of our own people in need, we must have pity on that person or else, look at this, or else we cannot say we love God. Children, you show love for others by truly helping them and not merely talking about it. We can't be a church that has Christ's name on it unless we're ready to love that way. Otherwise, we're just another group of people. We are people who know the truth. 
and the truth, real love, is ready to sacrifice because we know God's love for us. And here's the amazing thing. When you do this, when you do this, John would have you see that's when life opens up. He says this kind of love strengthens our faith. It's an amazing thing. When you express that kind of sacrificial love, when you express this truth in your life and you give that sacrifice, your faith becomes strengthened and you get stronger and stronger. He says, when we love others, sacrificial love, when we love others, we know, there it is again, we know that we belong to what? The truth. And we feel at ease in the presence of God. But even if we don't feel at ease, God is greater than our feelings and He knows everything. Dear friends, if we feel at ease in the presence of God, we will have the courage to come near Him. The more you express sacrificial love, the more you walk in the footsteps of Jesus, the more you express this fundamental truth of what it means to be a child of God, the closer you are to God Himself. And look what happens next. Verse 22. He will give us whatever we ask because we obey Him and do what pleases Him. That's a huge one. The more we express this sacrificial love, the closer we are to God, the easier it is for God to hear all of our needs. This always amazes me. I bump into people out there in the world who should be sitting in this place because their names are still on the book and uh, they haven't been in this room for how long? And they say things to me like, well, you know, I just keep praying, Pastor, but God just doesn't seem to answer my prayers. And I keep wanting to say back, well, when's the last time you were in the room getting his, giving Him praise and drawing close to Him? How do you expect Him to hear you? John says sacrificial love empowers our faith. It draws us closer to God. And the closer we are to God, the easier it is for God to hear our needs and respond. When you're far away from Him, He doesn't respond sometimes just because it's discipline to wake you up. But when you're close to Him, He has no recourse but to respond. Finish it here. Verse 23. God wants us to have faith in His Son, Jesus Christ, and to love each other. This is also what Jesus taught us to do. If we obey God's commandments, we will stay one in our hearts with Him. And here's the big one. And He will stay one with us. It's a truth. It is the truth about love. Amen.